Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode one of the Attitude Check podcast. We are so excited to be here today. I am your co-host, John Mark. And I am your other co-host, Brent. And today, we make a dynamic duel and interview the one, the only, the man with the impeccable beard, James Hagen. And without further ado, here we go. Hey, everybody. Uh, this is James. We are so excited to have you on the podcast. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> um, so you have been successful in your own right, been successful with your family. Uh, you have your own band and you also currently work at Outreach. Um, so tell us a little bit about what it is that you do, whether it's in your professional life, your personal life and with your band. I'm glad you brought it up. There's this special kind of cereal that I eat every morning because me. No, that's not true. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of different things. I think for me, um, I attribute a lot to my family and my upbringing, um, a lot to my, my dad and my mom really teaching me a lot of principles and growing up in the church. I had a youth pastor that didn't let me get away with pretty much anything. Yeah, I, th- I think it's I, I've worked hard in my life to surround myself with people. And I think that's probably been the biggest point of success is having people that will are able to say, hey, that's really stupid. Like, you really need to think about this. And they care about you enough to be able to say that. So I'd say that's probably how I feel like I'm living, living the dream, as they say, just with an amazing family and job and music and all the other stuff I'm up to. I just I feel like a lot of it's because of that so you didn't go to college so could you like um, fill in like a little gap and tell us how you transitioned and even how that's affecting you now either positively or negatively yeah good question so I actually dropped out of high school and went started taking a couple college classes and working I just had a really rough time in high school actually caring or wanting to do anything um just lack of motivation, but a lot of it was also um, just a lot of stuff going on at home and stuff like that. So it was just hard for me to really stay focused. And so I just wanted to get out there in the world and get after it. Um, I tend to be really impatient in general. So that's something that has been an advantage and a disadvantage in my life. And I've had to learn that it's a strength because if I don't play it as a strength, then it's going to come at me as a weakness. So. I jumped out of high school, I got my GED, I started working at a pizza shop, then I started working at a cafe, then started working towards being a supervisor at that cafe, I was doing that. Um, then after that, I uh, went to school of worship, which is um, just a one-year program where I did uh, theology and music. And by then I was already way into music, but just wanted to become a worship pastor. So that kind of set me up to kind of being a little bit of a different path, but the fun part was that that was like 2008, which is when things were a little crazy with the economy. So um, I got a job at Starbucks and stayed there for like four years, became a shift supervisor, got married. That was kind of the beginning of it all. So I think a lot of younger people would relate to your feeling of you know, not really caring too much about high school or mm. not really sure um, about their college journey or what they're going to sure. do. Uh, so what advice would you give to younger people who want to try something out besides that traditional, you know, go to high school, get good grades, go to college, and, you know, it's just not for them. Do you have anything you'd recommend? Yes. 
it's something I've had to learn and I would say I'm learning it every single day is doing both and yes and is something that is often it's kind of kind of the opposite of binary thinking or having to choose why can't you have both so if I want to play music and I want to have time to be able to do those things and there's this good thing that people want for me and that it would be nice to uh, uh, for me right now talking about college diploma which my wife's in her master's program so and we have two kids so it's kind of crazy <laughs> so we're kind of put that on pause but um, but doing those kinds of things it's like well what would it take is the better question to ask than why am I not motivated I found was just not a very effective question for me Mm-hmm. Um, I go, well, well, what does motivate me? Okay, there's that. Well, I'm going to add it on top of what I already have and then figure out a structure in my life that actually works for that. And most of the time, most structures that I have involve people holding me accountable mm-hmm. to stuff, which is cool too because then you get to check in with people, you know, and text them and say, hey, did you get this done today? Hey, did you get that done today? So that's kind of some of my life. I think that's something that's very important in all of our lives is having both the mentorship and the accountability in peers because mm. we're all going to go through those and it's going to be rough. Mm. But when we have those people in place, we literally set ourselves up for success because we cannot fail because mm. we have them holding us accountable and pushing us onwards. And in the same way, we reciprocate that for them. For them. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's good. It's something that's really important. So yeah. outside of your work and, and whatnot, what is... What are some of your hobbies? What do you just enjoy doing outside of your band? Uh, outside of music, that's funny because I feel like there's so much in music. Um, I, I mean, I like doing DIY stuff with my wife. Like we like getting kind of crafty. We're not experts by any means. Um, I've always enjoyed painting. Mm-hmm. Um, I just did a paint and wine sort of deal, um, and immediately they started saying well here's how you're gonna paint your tree and I was like I am doing something (laughs) totally different so for me pretty much any creative outlet um, I just I love it so um, if there's anything I can do to to be creative um, I'm all about that Um, and then just doing stuff with my family I mean that's kind of the the main stuff Um, my wife and I love um, like counseling sort of books and things like that. We just get really interested in how to better ourselves and our relationships. So uh, we nerd on that stuff like Brene Brown and some some other people like that. So we like talking about that stuff and talking with our friends about that. But So obviously a big part of your life are the people around you and the different relationships you have, whether it's within your own peer group or people who you grew up with that would kind of keep you accountable on things and mentor you. I feel like a lot of people in this day and age, they don't really have that around them, mm. especially with you know social media. You constantly have people giving you praise on certain things, but that accountability side is almost lacking yeah. uh, in a lot of cases. So would you see any way that a younger person could find that good group of people to kind of help them out and keep them on a, a good path in their journey? Yes. I would actually argue or present the idea that those people are already in your life. You've just either somehow gotten off the tracks with them or um, haven't, or there's been something kind of in the relationship that you need to take care of that's just kind of like a skeleton in the closet sort of deal. 
Um, and so for me, it's usually just reestablishing um, contact with those people and really creating what you want that relationship to be like and really making that. For instance, um, a couple buddies of mine, um, Ben, Justin, uh, Willis, Robbie, those are all people that I've known for years and years. Um, some of them since like sophomore year in high school. Um, and, you know, we've fallen out of touch for a couple of years, you know, and then it's just reconnecting and being like, hey, you're an awesome person in my life and I respect you and here's what it is. And, um, and really just saying, hey, would you want to do this with me? And I think especially guys, we kind of need that. We need like some sort of structure or else mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, man, that's cool that you're up to that. Okay, bye. <laughs> Never talk to you again, ever. Um, but if you have some sort of structure like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm doing this workout program. Um, are you into anything like that, that I can, that we can keep each other accountable? Is there any goals that you have that we can kind of help work together and kind of do this? Um, probably the best thing to do is if there's some sort of like online course or some sort of like, you know, boot camp sort of thing that to do together, any sort of excuse to bring people along with me, I'm always looking for that. So I think that's the best thing to do. Look for the people that you've already kind of left in the wake of your life <laughs> so we've been talking a lot about just people we've kind of alluded to it but tell us about mentors in your life how have you set yeah. that out and how has it really helped you to <clears throat> grow and develop as a person it's funny that you say that i don't feel like i've had that many mentors in the official sense um it's almost like people don't like the official term like mentor because they think they have to be like socrates or something but um, for me, my first mentor was obvious, uh, probably my first mentor was my dad. And then after that, it was um, my youth pastor. And then um, and then still, I, I think for the first few years after college, he was a, a mentor of mine as well. And then, um, then I started reading books and I started listening to podcasts and I started to kind of view a lot of those people as mentors. But I'm always trying to find people in my life that could mentor me in different ways. And kind of what I started doing in the past four or five years is I would take somebody that was good at something that I wasn't at. Like my brother's really great with career and finances and kind of like big picture, like life moves and stuff like that. Um, and I'm like, anytime I'm thinking anything in that space, I go, I'm going to call Nathan and see kind of what he thinks about this and kind of just check in with him about, you know, whatever. And what I realize is just doing that kind of sucks. So what you need to do is actually have a relationship too. And for me, that wasn't too hard with my brother because we both love music and we have family. We're big family people. I mean, we're half Sicilian, so, um, family is everything so so yeah I think it's figuring out who and which area is kind of your mentor and I think when you do that you're not looking for the perfect person because they won't exist um, I got crushed a few times because uh, I was looking for a perfect mentor and then I was like that guy's a jerk it's like <laughs> well yeah everyone's a jerk yeah people have a tendency to let you down if you are not careful about choosing the the right mentor or uh, the yeah. right partner for whatever it might be huh. on the flip side of the coin um, even bad experiences can be learning experiences so yeah 
like you said, there's no one perfect mentor out there who can teach you everything and the secret yeah. to life and success and happiness. But if you can learn one thing from one person, then I think that's a worthwhile relationship to have or yeah. at least, you know, find out what works for you and what doesn't. Yeah. And something you were talking about, you were talking about books and that's super important books, podcasts, virtually anything that you can possibly learn from because there's going to be seasons of our life where we, we don't have a mentor yeah. and it's just going to be rough. But we take what resources we have and the resources that other people have created through life experience um, and learn from them. So you yeah. have all these awesome authors and motivational speakers out there like Tony Robbins and yeah. um, other podcasters like John Lee Dumas that um, they've been through rough times. They know what it's like to not have a mentor. So it's like, why not use them as a resource? That's awesome that that's something that you were doing um, and something that I'd encourage everyone to do. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so kind of shifting gears about it a little bit, you are a leader in your family, mm-hmm. but in what ways have you been a leader in your community? Maybe not presently, but in the past as well. And why do you think that's important, being involved with the community? Community's a really interesting organism because it's made up of people. And kind of like I was saying before, like people are really everything. I mean, even the... Um, I forget what study it is, but it's like the study of happiness. They did this huge, long, you know, happiness. They tested all these different people, and they found out the, the biggest thing was relationships were the key to happiness. And so that brings us to community. If I'm just going to create happiness, like you create community at different scales. So being involved in the community is basically like your cities and, or your neighborhoods or your happiness like if you look at it that big instead of such an individualized way it makes a huge difference so i think we're all really leaders it's just are we actually acting in that capacity or not um are we actually adding that value or not so if you look at it that way it's like uh whose trash is that on the sidewalk is that the person's out in front of their house no it's the entire communities mm-hmm. look at it that way it makes leadership less scary because it's just, you're in the game, and you're just, instead of pretending that you're not, you're like, oh yeah, I'm in the game, cool. We're all in the game, we're all in this together, like we're, we're all moving forward. Um, in the community though, um, mainly it's been through being involved with church and, and, and being a, a leader, like a worship leader, a worship pastor, youth worship pastor, I mean like all those different things, um, and and being involved that way um, has mainly been my my role is uh, being involved in the community until recently uh, we're doing a benefit concert uh, for suicide and depression awareness in Colorado Springs and uh, that's to me kind of like I was saying before it's like that's kind of just taking on that that's my world it's our world especially since Colorado Springs is in the top five for suicides top five cities for suicide so so yeah i I think that community is is kind of everything and i i really got that i think especially from the family that i grew up in on both sides both of my grandfathers were really involved in the community one of my grandpa grandpas who was very musical would go to the old folks home and he would play for them and do hymns and do all sorts of songs and they loved that and he would go to the community center and do that and my other uh, grandpa had a farm, or great-grandpa, I guess, and he was just known in the community as, like, everyone loved 
Henry Hagen. He was just like such an awesome guy and everyone could stop in any time at his house and there'd be a pot of coffee and something for you to eat. And so for me, I was like, wow, what an amazing rich life that is. You know, like, yeah, we have social media, but I can't sit and have a coffee and eat a pastry with you over social media yet. <laughs> right? You know, like, um, that'll be the day. I know, that'll be the day. Lord, yeah. I was going to make a nerdy joke there, but I'm not going to go there. Um, So, yeah, I think community is everything. I mean, it's like, that's, I mean, that's a huge reason for me why I convinced my my sister and brother-in-law to move out here. Because I was like, I'm building community and I want you guys to be a part of it. And I think that was probably the biggest selling point for them. And so now they're, they have our whole basement, you know, and we basically split the house and it's awesome. It's fun. The kids play water balloons in the backyard and it's like. (laughs) that's more of a magical life than if I had a safe, quiet, you know, in my own kind of nucleus life. Safe doesn't always equal magical or great. I think that's a really kind of interesting way to look at it as, you know, whether you know it or not, whether you want to be in it or not, you're a part of the quote-unquote game. And you hear some people saying things like, oh, especially in the workforce, that's not my job, that's not my responsibility. But whether it is your technical responsibility or not, it affects you because it affects the organization you're a part of. And whether it's a community of a neighborhood or a city or just your friend group or the place that you work at. It seems ridiculous. I mean, it's like my car being like, I know I'm a tire, but it's not my job. So I'm going to have a flat today. And it's like that affects like the whole car can't move now. Mm hmm. And it's like people act like it's like they they live in this like isolated world. And it's like I'm not saying people. I'm saying me too. Like I get that, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's like kind of just being aware that that's there brings you to the point where if somebody says something or if you're aware of it yourself, you're able to go, oh, oh, yeah, what am I doing? I'm totally in my own, you know, bubble and I'm not actually involved. I think it's interesting about when people slack in the community, it's like you were talking about like a tire, not being a tire. Yeah. And it's like, what if garbage people went on strike? And you hear about stories of when garbage people go on strike and the, basically the entire city shuts down because there's just garbage everywhere. It smells. Nobody wants to go outside. It's the worst. But it's like, it's so important. Even the smallest jobs make a huge difference. So, And on that note, I think, you know, if everyone had that kind of mindset where even the little things help in the grand scheme of things, if everyone pitched in just a little bit, just be a, a better place to be out there i think that's the the antidote you know it's just it's just kind of that um responsibility factor of just being like i'm responsible but i think people get overwhelmed by that and they're like that means i have to solve everything it's like no but you're in the game you know you're, some people aren't in the game they're like no i'm not in the game you're like well you're sitting in the middle of the court so I guess you're technically not in the game, but you, you're literally making it difficult for everyone else to play. So kind of coming back around to it, uh, can you tell us a little bit about your work experience? You mentioned like starting out in high school. You worked for Apple yeah. for a little bit. Um, yeah. And kind of take us through that journey of coming from there all the way to what you do now as um, a consultant for churches to better connect with their communities. Absolutely. So I think we were talking about... I went from working at a pizza shop to um, working at a cafe to working at Starbucks, moving up a little bit there. Then I got a job as a worship pastor part-time and worked at Starbucks. So like seven days a week I was working. So that was fun. It's the grind. Um, 
Yeah, it was actually amazing. So, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for the world. But, um, and then I got hired on full time. So I was an experienced pastor, which meant I was over pretty much everything arts and music wise. And then we ended up moving to, we're from, that was in New Jersey. We ended up moving back to San Diego to be closer to family. And then I always wanted to work at Apple and was like, I'm going to apply and, and see if I can get in. And I got in and I uh, worked at the Apple store and it was awesome. Yeah, I worked there for like uh, three and a half years. Um, it was really cool and learned a ton about everything that I, my back started to act up and the doctor said I probably shouldn't be standing on my feet all day. So yeah, one thing led to another and I ended up moving back to Colorado Springs where we were closer to grandparents. I realized family and grandparents were two different things once we started having kids. So um, <laughs> so we uh, moved back to Colorado Springs where my wife is from and got a job at Progressive and it was not the right fit for me. I was like not playing at my strengths at all and was just like, this is this is not my job. So I actually quit before I had anything lined up as a responsible head of the household would do. And then I started teaching guitar lessons, applying for temp agencies, and doing a bunch of other kind of odd jobs and stuff. Then this job actually fell in my lap. Somebody called from a temp agency and said, hey, do you want to temp at this place? And I was like, I've never even heard of this place, but that sounds like everything I used to do at the church um, besides playing music. And then I got hired here shortly after being a temp. Uh, they brought me on full time, and it's been fun ever since. Yeah. So, not to throw anyone under the bus here, but yeah. could you tell us a little bit more about, um, I guess, your experience and how you kind of figured out, you know, progressive wasn't the right fit for you? Because yeah. I think you know, a lot of people looking for jobs in the beginning of their career don't realize, you know, it's this isn't the end all be all. You know, you might yeah. work for some places that don't really fit what you want to do your personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is really interesting. I mean, even working here at Outreach, um, I've realized that there's so much about myself that I don't know. And it's like every job or every role I'm in, I find out something about myself that I go, oh, this part of the job doesn't work for me. So I either have to reinvent that or I have to figure out another role that fits closer to that and kind of work towards that or whatever it may be but um specifically with progressive it was i think it was more of um like i wasn't as interactive it was more of um specifically with that job i might have done better actually in sales progressive but i was in customer service Mm -hmm. so it was very much like call in change your billing information next person and kind of like just going on from there and it wasn't as much kind of getting that person's world and kind of getting involved with them i mean you wanted to do that but the customer also wanted to get off the phone. So it was like kind of, a, and um, I ended up being pretty good at it, upsells and stuff like that, but I didn't enjoy it. Like I didn't have any sort of personality wise. I wasn't like, didn't feel like I was really helping people. And also I felt like it was a, it was a lot of, it was more stressful of a job because I was worried about sending someone to Georgia to jail if I gave them the wrong info. Hmm which is a possibility, actually, which is crazy. Um, if they, like, don't have the license or if they don't have insurance, they can go to jail in Georgia. Um, so if I somehow messed their billing up or something like that. But, yeah, I, I think it was a lot of uh, I wanted to have more input, and I, I realized that that's also a big thing for me, a bigger company. I was ready to have more input because I worked at Apple, which surprisingly enough well maybe not surprisingly enough but at apple i had a lot more input that i can give 
mm-hmm. and make changes and progressive it wasn't the right fit for something like that like they were just like we just need you to like they were open to making a process better but just that exact job doesn't really have a lot of space for being creative or mm-hmm. kind of mixing stuff up because the way you're interacting with the customer so i wouldn't think it's throwing anyone under the bus at all i thought it was a good company i just wasn't the right fit for me so so what advice would you have for the younger person in kind of finding that fit because i think especially with millennials and even gen z it's very prevalent having a job that is actually impacting people's lives and actually helping them so right um, yeah what would you suggest on that yeah it's kind of funny because you could like make water bottles for a living and feel like you're changing the world versus (laughs) like you know it's like you could pretty much do anything and um, be impacting people's lives but it's that feeling that they kind of you're talking about um i i think it's a lot of just realizing that you're not going to feel like you're making a difference until you're really playing at your strengths doing strengths finders tests as was helpful doing myers-briggs doing some of these other tests have been kind of helpful but i think what's almost been more helpful is just trying a bunch of stuff and when someone says hey do you want to do this you say yeah i'll give it a shot and just do it you know try not to sign up for things that are super long term i would say know that this is kind of your messy season it's like my kids right now they're in the messy season they're like one and two so it's not like you know they're trying to perfect how to walk or how to run they're just doing it and they're figuring out as they go and i think that that i think that needs to happen a lot more and because i think people are worried about being successful which i've met so many different types of people and the people that most people like and that they say are successful are the people that enjoy their lives yeah having enough money but i feel like that doesn't have anything to do with being successful just managing money is a totally different conversation yeah it's just my opinion um <laughs> but but yeah i think uh that there's kind of a sweet spot between being having an intentional approach of trying to learn some of your strengths and learn how your personality works and doing some of those things and trying stuff. And then I'd probably say the third thing is having somebody that's outside perspective. Luckily, my wife is brutally honest with me, <laughs> which if you ever meet a woman that's brutally honest with you, you know that you can marry her. Um, um, it's good if, advice, everybody. Yeah, if you can handle that up front, then you're like, we're good. So she'll just tell me like, yeah, that's like not what you're good at. Or yeah, like you didn't seem like you enjoyed that at all. I'd be like, no, I was okay. Like, because in my head, I'm like, this is gonna be a good opportunity. And I've, you know, bought into like whatever it is that, you know, that I need to, this will help me get to the next level. So I need to be really good at this. And she's like, that's just not what you're good at. Like you need to be doing something like this. So having uh, multiple people um, in your life that are able to speak in that kind of authoritative way that really know you. Like my brother will tell me straight up, like, like you shouldn't be, that's not going to be a good fit for you. Or my sister would be like, sure you want to do that? Because that's something that, like, tell me more, you know? And it's like, they're, they're trying to say, hey, you need to sell me because I know you. And, you know, you have yourself fooled and you have everyone else fooled, but you don't have me fooled. So kind of having outside perspective too helps. That totally makes sense. A lot of times it's easier to kind of trick yourself into believing one thing or drink the proverbial Kool-Aid about an idea. You hear one guy and you're like, I need to start a lawn mowing business right now. (laughs) And you're like, I've never been passionate about that. Where did that come from? Yeah, Yeah, and that kind of 
uh, relates to something that me and John Mark have had a lot of in-depth discussions about is kind of just going along with something because you think it's the right thing to do and everyone mm. says it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, you know, not trying to disparage our higher education system or anything, but for a lot of people, it's not the right fit. Yeah. And they find that out the hard way when they're Definitely. already neck deep in it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's rough. My wife and I have had a lot of conversations about this specific topic, which is very ironic that she's going through her, to get her master's because she always, she felt like uh, there's just been this big hoax of go to college so you can get a job. And we had the same exact job when she got out of college. We both worked at Starbucks. And most of the people I knew had college degrees when I worked at Starbucks. And a lot of times I was their supervisor. And so it was just like weird. You know, I feel like, you know, a lot of things have changed probably in the last 50 years um, that a lot of people are just trying to figure out, you know, just like Bitcoin. You know, <laughs> that, that was a left turn for a lot of people, you know, and it's like some people saw it coming, but it's like, you know, the landscape is changing. I'm glad it is constantly or else it would be a really boring world that we live in. But I think, I mean, higher education and stuff like that can just can just be tricky to think that there's any sort of magic bullet in the world. Um, I really don't believe that there is. I think most of what is the greatest part about life is trying to shed all of that and really get real with yourself on what do I actually want? What I was actually, what, how do I want to participate and be on this planet for and contribute to? Um, Cause we talk about making a difference and that's a huge hot button you know you always hear about millennials want to make a difference but they don't want to do anything and it's like i don't think that they don't want to do anything i think that they're not they don't want to be real with themselves i think that's and i could say that because i'm a songwriter and that's one of the hardest things is to be real with myself enough to be able to write a song of how i really feel you know i have to be super open to be able to let that stuff out so it's a challenge but it's worth it because you get to a point where like my wife i told her hey you need to do counseling that's what you've always been passionate about that's what you want to do. That's what you want to make a difference with the world with. Now she's getting her master's in clinical counseling and maybe doing her PhD. But before that, she was against higher education when really she was just not having the path that was the right path for her. It kind of reminds me of a, The Alchemist. Have you guys read that? Oh, The Alchemist is such a good book. I it's so good. That for yeah. anyone that anyone. is struggling through a journey. So personal legend that my wife and I talk about that now, like, are we living our personal legend? You know, and there's all these other things that aren't bad, but they're just there. And is it what you're really called to, you know? And for me, I believe that God's put stuff in our heart from way, way, way long ago that he set up for us. So he already knows it's there and he's like waiting for us to discover it, like the coolest present ever. <laughs> and we're just like, well, what if it doesn't work? And this dumb stuff like that, like, what if it doesn't work? It's the <laughs> biggest gift that you could have ever gotten. For people ask me that, like, well, what are you going to do if music doesn't work? I'm like, well, one, I still have a job. Like, I'm not quitting my job right now. Two, what? How does that have anything to do with anything? What if it doesn't work? That's what I, like, do I enjoy doing it every moment that I'm doing it? Yes. Well, then it's a hobby. Why are you, I mean, who cares? Yeah, okay. Call it a hobby, if you will. What if I start making money off it? Then it's a job. You know, all these kind of different things. I'm like, what's really helpful is really just going, what do I want to spend time doing it? And then just being disciplined and having structures around that. 
So, I think it's so important is figuring out what your passion is because like you said with music, it's like you just want to do this. Yeah. If you start making money, great. Yeah. But this is just something that you're going to yeah. have with you throughout your entire life. So that's awesome. It's good advice. Follow yeah. your passion. And I actually had a, um, I started a business that failed before I went back to music. So I did music and then I didn't think that music would work. So I decided to come up with a business that would fund me being able to have a music career. And it was called Whimsy Supply Co. Don't steal that name, please. Because <laughs> I want copyrighted. <laughs> copyrighted. Um, but I want to go back to that someday. But it was just a really cool business idea. But I couldn't figure out how to multiple things to get it to work. So I had to dissolve that. I made an LLC, had a website, had different stuff like that. But it wasn't really what I was supposed to do. It was hard. I mean, it was like really hard because we spent thousands of dollars on it and really expensive mistake. But it really taught me, I kind of was able to like figure out like kind of that feel that you get, you know, like ice skating or riding a bike, you kind of get that feel. And for me, it was, I got that feel when I started to be able to, oh yeah, that's just something I'm doing because I think it'll work versus something that I'm doing that's actually like in my trajectory, trajectory that I'm supposed to be going on in life. So it's good advice in terms of the failure. You're talking about failure mm-hmm. and that's so important for everyone the most successful people mm-hmm. failed their way to success. Mm-hmm. They may have ha- might have had some successes along the way, but for the most part, they failed. And they failed forward, and they kept on going. So, like with you, with the the business that failed for right now, mm-hmm. but you kept on going. You didn't let that affect you, and you grew from that as well. And so now it might be something that you come back to, which is awesome. I mean, that's how I started learning about marketing, which opened the door for me to be able to do music in a different way than just trying to go to a record label. Mm-hmm. You know, just it. it I think that's the thing where I would say probably the biggest issue that's faced with my demographic um, or people kind of in in the stage of life that um, of this podcast would be you think you're so smart that you can figure out from now till the day you die how your life is going to go. Also, that's really freaking boring. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like who wants to live that way? So... For me, I'm like, good night. Like, why do I try and predict, okay, it's going to go like this and go like this. Goals are different. Goals are something you go, oh, this is crazy. I'm going to try and hit this sales goal or I'm going to try and I'm going to do P90X for, you know, the whole, the whole routine or whatever, you know, something (laughs) like that. That's different than uh, being like, oh, I'm going to do this business. This is going to work. And then after that, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to get married. And then after that, we're going to wait five years and then we're going to have our first baby which, by the way, happened with us. But um, <laughs> so it's like you can try to do that, but it's it's a boring life and it's not a very engaging story. I think that's another important lesson for especially young people because we have a tendency, especially <laughs> I'm experiencing that now. We have a tendency to want to plan everything out to the yeah. most minute yeah. details. Oh yeah, you're a planner for life, sure. Life isn't yeah. fun that way. It's yeah, like it's gotta, not. You got to roll with the punches and just enjoy the journey, like you were talking about with the yeah. alchemists. The entire book centers around enjoying the journey but not getting so caught up in the journey that you forget the end goal and in the yeah. same way, not getting so caught up in the end goal that you miss the beauty of yeah. this journey. That's why I think one of the most powerful things for me has been planning my day. Your days become weeks and weeks become months and years and so on and so forth. So for me, it's having that intentionality is what's huge. You know, if you, you have control of your day, you have control of the rest of your life. 
But if you start planning a year out, eh, sort of hopeful. Vision is different. You know, it's kind of, let's make that distinction. There's like vision, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we're kind of all in there. And then there's like planning to a T how your year is going to go. It's where it's like, what about just making some goals of when I'm going to have stuff done by and then planning your day. This is what I would need to do daily to make that happen. I think that's where it's more powerful because then you're just focused in the moment day by day. You're like, oh, I'm doing this for two hours and then I have this and then I have that and then I have this. And so you're taking life as it comes, but you're also being intentional. I think that's how I've, at least that's where I'm at right now. (laughs) With that, you know. I think that's a huge point that a lot of people, young, old, any stage of life kind of miss out on is that intentionality. You don't have to necessarily plan out to a T, like you said, and everyone has their dreams and visions and goals, but... You know, just having that intent to, this is where I want to go. Not exactly sure how I'm going to get there, but I'm going to do things every day to, yeah. to hopefully help me along the way. And whether it's good, bad, it's it's a fun ride. I just yeah. got to go for it. Exactly. So kind of transitioning a little bit to more like bullet questions. Cool. Um, so I'm trying to keep these answers as short as possible, but... Good luck. What do you think? (laughs) Well, especially with this next one. What do you think is the most important character trait that a person could have, especially a young person? See, now I'm like trying to think like very concisely. Um, (laughs) I would say probably the most important character trait would be honesty. Why do you think that is? If you can't be honest with yourself, then you can't be honest with other people. And if you can't be honest with yourself and others, then you can't actually be have integrity you can't actually be on the same page you kind of live in a delusional world so which i believe that everyone's really in their own form of delusion it's just how thick is it that makes any sense like how much are you in a delusion that the world is this way you know and i think that that's the the beauty of living out life is when you're born you don't have any of that and then you go through and you have to shed those so i'd say honesty Self-honesty is a really interesting yeah. concept. <laughs> yeah. Very important when yeah. we're younger and trying to find our identity. Just yeah. be real with yourself. No way. Yeah. I'm invincible. I'm the best person no, you know, Brent, in the entire universe. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm never going to die. It'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you could impart wisdom, one piece of wisdom to a college student or even a high school student that's just entering the workforce and figuring out what they want to do, what would it be? I would say kind of giving up that you're going to arrive someday, giving up that notion um, and giving up the notion that other people have arrived as a moment by moment practice. Cause it's not something I feel like you ever get because it's so inbred into our society. And I can only say our society cause I haven't really lived that much in other places, but the places that I have lived outside of the U S it's definitely like that. So it's just, it, feels just like innate kind of human it's like oh you have nicer clothes like you're wearing a sweet shirt right now and i'm like man he must be important you know <laughs> like you know so i'm like there's that kind of always there so just realizing that that's there being like oh got it this person's 10 years ahead of me what does that mean it doesn't mean anything that means they're 10 years ahead of you yeah they have two cars two and a half kids and, two and a half kids you know, yeah <laughs> and everything that's like perfect you know like a great quote i just heard recently was don't judge your chapter three to someone else's chapter 20 something yeah so it's it, like it's all relative we're just in a book cool just be in just be in the story you know and it's like just we constantly get into 
like back and forth between being the writer and being the character and it's like which one are you you know i guess if you're maybe we're both but i think a lot of times we spend way too much time trying to build the story and it's like just do it (laughs) (laughs) so recommend one resource that you use every day that's helpful just professional and personal journal and to-do list i know that's not like a resource um there's plenty of resources out there um, for that. I mean, I'm trying to think. Oh, I mean, used uh, Brendan Bouchard. He's a high-performance coach. I've used his, like, form of journaling some. That's been really good for me. But I think I really enjoyed the 4-Hour Workweek, some of um, Tim Ferriss's stuff. Um, so that was a book. But I would say probably the most is The Alchemist. I would say I feel like every person reads, needs to read that book. The Alchemist by, is it Paolo? I'm blanking on the name. Yeah, it's like Paolo something. <laughs> yeah, and you kind of segued into our next question. So oh, nice. The, the book that you would recommend is an alchemist, and we've yeah, talked for about sure. it. And I remember reading it, and it was such a revelation for me, because it's something that I knew, and mm-hmm. I wasn't living it out. I didn't actually know it. And mm-hmm. when I read that book, it just all clicked for me. So that's The Alchemist is a good book, and I would definitely recommend that. Well... We're just about out of time, so thank you all for listening. Thank you, James, for being here. It's been thank you. such a pleasure. Um, and this is John, Mark, and Brent signing off. Hey, guys. Thanks for joining us today on the first episode of the Attitude Check podcast. We had an awesome time talking with James and just seeing his unique perspective on how to be a leader in today's world. Be sure to check James out on Facebook or on Instagram using the handle at the wild study. And if nothing else, at least follow his beard because like Brent said at the beginning, it is impeccable. This is John Mark and Brent signing off until next time.